Hey everybody, Pastor Johnny here, and I want to share a special message with you all. I had the opportunity to uh, fill in for my friend, my brother in Christ, Pastor Stephen Goldsmith at Journey of Faith United Methodist Church in Atascocita, Texas. Uh, he had a family emergency to take care of and I uh, answered the call. Uh, and this is that sermon from that message preached last week. I didn't start the fight, but I'll finish it. They're in a series right now called Conquer It. And the passage that I uh, preached from was Joshua 10, uh, verses 9 through 15. So get your Bible ready. Uh, turn to the book of Joshua, chapter 10, verses 9 through 15. I didn't start the fight, but I'll finish it. God bless you. Coming up on today's message with Pastor Johnny. Trying to take away the Voting Rights Act, target for attack. Trying to send people who are disproportionately affected by a disease back to work early when we don't have a vaccine ready or no kind of standard of care so that they can get out there and make the economy grow on their own because they care more about their dollars than Big Mama's life. Target for attack. want to introduce myself again. My name is Johnny Simpson. I serve as the senior pastor at Faith United Methodist Church in Dickinson, Texas. Uh, married to my lovely wife, who is also a pastor. She serves at Bel Air United Methodist Church. I'm a husband and a father. Uh, prior to pastoring, I worked as a sound engineer and uh, Happened to get close in seminary to uh, Pastor Goldsmith. Interestingly enough, we grew up about 20 miles, 28 miles away from one another and didn't even know it. He was in Rockford, Illinois, and I was in Freeport, Illinois. But we, God saw fit for us to come together and hang out after worship, uh, or not after worship, so hang out after seminary. And end up working at some of the same churches and same events where he would play. And I would be a sound engineer there. So Steve and I go way back. And when he called me, the answer was always yes. The answer was always yes. Amen. I am glad and honored to be here, although not for this reason. Uh, that I am, but nevertheless, I'm still honored and glad to be here. No stranger to Journey of Faith. Uh, in the process of becoming ordained in the United Methodist uh, system, I had a mentor through my candidacy process. Uh, some guy you might have heard of by the name of Vincent Harris, I don't know, possibly. And then when he moved on and become became my boss, because he's now my district superintendent, uh, Steve ended up coming here. So I've been here before. I'm no stranger to this church and I'm going to see what the Lord has to say for us today. Amen. Turn with me, if you will, to the book of Joshua, the 10th chapter, and I'll be reading the 9th through the 15th verse. Again, that is Joshua chapter 10, 
verses 9 through 15. I'm reading the New Revised Standard Version. Hear ye the word of the Lord. So Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched all night from Gilgal. And the Lord threw them into a panic before Israel, who inflicted a great slaughter on them at Gibeon and chased them by way of the ascent to Beth Horon and struck them down as far as Aska and Makeda. As they fled before Israel, while they were going down the slope of Beth Horon, the Lord threw down huge stones from heaven on them as far as Aska, and they died. There were more who died because of the hailstorms than the Israelites killed with the sword. On the day when the Lord gave the Amorites over to the Israelites, Joshua spoke to the Lord and he said in the sight of Israel, Sun, stand still at Gibeon and moon in the valley of Agilon. And the sun stood still and the moon stopped until the nation took vengeance on their enemy. Enemies, is this not written in the book of Jashar? The sun stopped in mid-heaven and did not hurry to set for about a whole day. There has been no day like it before or since when the Lord heeded a human voice, for the Lord fought for Israel. Then Joshua returned and all Israel with him to the camp at Gilgal. God's word for God's people and God's people said, Amen. For the time that is ours to share together, I want to talk a little bit about, I didn't start it, but I will finish it. I didn't start it, but I will finish it. Amen. Growing up, I did not like to get in trouble. I, uh, I tried to learn the rules and follow them as best as I could, as long as they made sense to me. I would try to go months without getting a whooping. I mean, um, <clears throat> discipline, getting in trouble, getting in trouble. That's what I meant. Uh, I would clean my room and I would try to make sure to wake up as soon as I heard my mother say, get up. I tried to do the dishes. I, I tried to keep my nose clean. I had some siblings, though. Uh, it seemed like some of these siblings, their day wasn't right unless they got a whoop. I mean, unless they got in trouble after uh, they woke up. And so I didn't like getting in trouble, but most of the time I understood when I did get in trouble, I understood why I got in trouble. If I didn't wash the dishes when I was supposed to, I got in trouble. If I didn't take out the trash fast enough, I got in trouble. But there were other times where I didn't understand why I was getting in trouble. It didn't make sense to me. I didn't agree with it. I was the oldest male child on both sides of my family for my entire generation. First boy, both sides, my mom and my dad's side, entire generation, the oldest. And so that meant when some of my other cousins or my sisters or brothers were acting up after they got that 80s and 90s child discipline, it would be my turn to get some of that 80s and 90s child discipline. I had to get it too because apparently I was the oldest 
and I should have done something to stop them from getting in trouble. And so I would get in trouble for that, and I didn't understand it until I was older. But I'd also get in trouble for some things I didn't understand. Uh, I would get in trouble for starting a fight. If I just went around putting my hands on somebody, uh, I got in trouble. However, something that I did not understand that I got in trouble for was if somebody were to do something to me or one of my cousins or one of my brothers and sisters and I did not do anything, I would get in trouble for that. I would get in trouble for not finishing a fight. Uh, I was out there and, and I couldn't come home and look at my mom and my dad and my aunts and my uncles and my grandparents, I couldn't look them in the eye and tell them that one of my family members got beat up or somebody did something to me and I did not do something back. If I came home with that kind of message, I needed to be prepared for one or two things to happen. I needed to be prepared to be heading back out to go finish that fight or I had to be prepared to have a fight in the house. One I would not like. I was under the obligation to finish those fights. I was raised not to start fights, but I was raised to finish fights. Uh, Joshua was a finisher. Joshua, who was first mentioned in Exodus 17, uh, moves in the making uh Moves in the Bible, moves in a, a Bible book named after him. Joshua was a finish. There are those that call this generation the Joshua generation. Moses was not able to enter the promised land when you read your Bible. Uh, he had to pass the task on to somebody else. And that somebody else that had the, past, the, 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 the task passed on to them was Joshua. And Joshua had to take up the mantle and lead the people into the promised land. We are all Moses is sometimes in our lives, and we are all Joshua's in our lives sometimes. We just have to recognize when we're being a Moses and when we're being a Joshua, and we got to take care of people the right way. Uh, uh, you got to be careful how you treat people, because when we first meet Joshua in Exodus 17, uh, the text says he's being ordered around. He's being told to go do this and go do that. He's being told to do things. But by the time we get to the book of Joshua, he is the leader. You have to watch how you treat people, because the same people you're going to meet going up can be the same people you meet going down. Ah, uh, uh, you you the same people you see God elevated Joshua and just like God elevated Joshua, he can elevate each and every one of you. Uh, I got some Bible for that. Zechariah 4 and 10 tells us not to despise small beginnings. Matthew 25 and 23 tells us that we'll be faithful over a few things. The Lord will make us rulers over many. We just have to keep putting our hand to the plow and our time will come. Just keep working on yourself. Just keep improving yourself. Keep minding the business that pays you and your time will come. Uh, uh, but understand that when you try to get better, when you try to move on, when you try to improve, you will run into some opposition. Uh, and Joshua and his friends and family ran into some opposition. There were some pagans. Let the church say pagans. Uh, the, the, in chapter 10, verses 1 through 5, I didn't read it in the, in the hearing, but uh, to give you a little context of what was going on, we learned that five kings outside of Gibeon determined to, are, are determined to 
attack the Gibeonites for signing a peace treaty with Israel. Uh, these Gibeonites was trying to improve their land. They were signing peace treaties. They were making relationships with people that can make them better so that they could have roads to trade and travel with one another. And, and they were trying to grow and get better. And the five kingdoms that were in the area did not like that. Uh, people like you when you're on your when they're uh, when you're on their level or if you are worse off to them than them. They like you. You're fun to hang around. You're fun to be around. They like that kind of thing. But let you try to get a little promotion. Uh, 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 let you try to go back to school and get some more education. Let, let your relationship with your spouse improve. Let you try to get a new house. Uh, let your children start doing real good for themselves. Let you try to start a new business. You'll see who your real friends are, and they will show your, their true colors. The Gibeonites were minding their own business, trying to improve themselves, and that made them, just by trying to improve themselves, just by trying to get better on themselves, that made them a target for attack. I would have trouble trying to understand that if I wasn't in this world today. Because I've learned that minding your own business and sleeping in your own bed in the middle of the night can make you a target for attack. Uh, uh, disparities in medical health care for people of color can make you a target for an attack. If a convenience store owner thinks you paid with a fake $20 bill, that can make you a target for an attack. Redlining can make you a target for an attack. White flight can make you a target for attack. Being in Central Park and telling a white woman they need to put their dog on a leash can make you a target for an attack. Predatory lending, target for attack. Food deserts, target for attack. The school to prison pipeline, target for attack. Trying to take away the Voting Rights Act, target for attack. Trying to send people who are disproportionately affected by a disease back to work early when we don't have a vaccine ready or no kind of standard of care so that they can get out there and make the economy grow on their own because they care more about their dollars than Big Mama's life. Target for attack. Ah, ending the negotiation on a brand new stimulus package because you want to wait until after the election. Target for attack. <clears throat> the enemy is out there forming alliances to take you down just because you exist. And so they have these problems from these people on the outside and the response to the problem is a plea. Let the church say plea. Uh, the Gibeonites appealed to Joshua and asked for some military help. Uh, when the trouble comes, you have to be willing to ask for help and ask the right kind of person for the right kind of help. Uh, we have to go to people that have our best interests in mind, not people who keep us around just so they can feel good about themselves. We need to be able to ask for help. I said in my sermon last week at Faith, when we keep our suffering a secret, the enemy wins. I'll say that again. When we keep our suffering a secret, the enemy wins. I'll say the third time's a charm. When we keep our suffering a secret, the enemy wins. Uh, we don't know everything, and we can't do everything by ourselves. 
we have to be willing to ask somebody for help. And we got to be willing to ask the right person for help in times of trouble. Uh, the Bible says the pride comes before the fall. And there are plenty of people with dreams unfulfilled and challenges that are not conquered, all because they did not want to ask somebody for help. So when you have a problem, the right response is a plea. And because of the plea that they made, the Gibeonites made to uh, Joshua, the right kind of person, they got a promise. Let the church say promise. Ah, uh, yes, in uh, 10 and 8, which was right before the passage that I read, uh, the Lord assures Joshua of victory. Uh, the text says in verse 8 that the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear them, for I have handed them over to you. Not one of them shall stand before you. The, the, the problem brought on the plea, and the plea uh, brought on the promise. The Lord assured Joshua of victory. You know when you have asked for the right kind of help from the right person to help you when your help is willing to take your problem to the Lord. Let me slow. I'm, I'm going to say that one more time. Uh, you know that you have asked for the right kind of help from the right person that can help when your help is willing to take your problem to the Lord. Uh, the Gibeonites needed help, and Joshua did what good church folks say they are going to do all the time. Well, I'm praying for you. Well, I'll keep you up in prayer. But the difference is uh, with them that, well, I'm praying for you might have actually been the prayer. <laughs> but, but Joshua actually went and talked to the Lord. So in verse, the Gibeonites went to Joshua for help in verses 6 and 7. Uh, and, and, and Joshua started talking to the Lord in verse 8. Uh, when we need to talk to God and talk with, we need to talk to God, rather, and talk to friends who talk to God. When somebody comes to us for help, we need to talk to God. No matter what the situation is, if we want to conquer it, if we want to finish the fight, we need to talk to God. I got some Bible for that. Isaiah 55 and 6 says, the seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he's near. Matthew 7 and 7 says, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock in the door shall be open to you. Philippians 4, 6 through 7 says to be anxious for nothing, uh, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pains we bear. All because we do not carry not some things, not the things we only want everybody else to know about, not a portion of it. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. If you want to conquer something, if you want to finish the fight, when you have it, you got to have that talk with the Lord. You got to spend some time on your knees. You got to spend some time in your prayer closet. That is how you will get the strength to move forward. Joshua got the promise because he made a plea to God. Joshua got the promise because he went to prayer. Ah. And because Joshua went to prayer to get the promise, he got provision. Let the church say provision. Ah, yes, the Lord gave the, gave the Israelites the victory by sending a hailstorm upon their enemies. He also miraculously lengthened the day to make sure they had total victory. 
uh, once you have the divine support, you got to be willing to take the fight back to them. Uh, the text says in verse 9, so Joshua came upon them suddenly, having marched up all night from Gil Gilgal. Uh, I didn't start the fight, but I sure can finish it for you. Joshua and his army marched all night. They didn't say, let's wait this one out. They didn't say, let me check my calendar and get back to you in a couple weeks. They didn't say none of that. He said, we got problems. We're going to walk all night until we get to that problem because we're bringing the problem solver with us. Mm, they marched all night. And you may not have a physical enemy to march to. Uh, you may not have a physical march to go to, but you can march in the spiritual. You may not be able to march your feet all night long, but you can march your mouth, the fruit of your lips, your prayers, your praise, your worship. You can march that right up to the ears of God and the Lord will fight your battles for you. You just have to be willing to do the work on your own. Joshua and the army started to defeat the enemy. And they went into a panic. They are going to be some well-crafted plans made against you. There are going to be some well-crafted uh, designs, and people are going to have some plans together to try to take you down. But when the Lord is fighting your battles, the enemy is going to be confused. The plan that they thought they had in place is going to crumble before their eyes. They are going to be as disorganized as all get out. They won't be able to know whether or not they're coming or they're going. When the Lord is fighting your battles, he will conquer them for you and give you total victory. Ah, uh, yeah, so when Joshua and the, and the army started to defeat the enemy, they went into panic. And the text says that the sun and the moon stood still. Some scholars think that that might have been an eclipse. And other scholars have other kind of uh, uh, explanations for it, but I really don't care about their explanations. Uh, I, what, what I thought about when I heard about the sun and the moon standing still is when I was younger and people tried to tell me they was going to beat me up or they was going to beat somebody I knew up and they was on their way to do it. I tell them to bring a lunch. It's going to be a long day. You're going to be out here for a while if you think you're coming to beat me. And when Joshua told God to make the sun stand still, they had a long day for those enemies. The people fought and the sun stood still and the day was long. If you are going to conquer anything, there are going to be some times where you got to be willing to fight in the spiritual. You got to be willing to fight and for, fight for a long time. And so the Israelites fought, and they fought the enemy, and the enemy decided to run away. But God caused a hailstorm and large rocks to come and finish the battle. The work that God did was greater than the work of the people of God. I'll say that again. The work that God did was greater than the people of God's work. God does not need your help to defeat the enemy. Uh, God just wants to see if you are going to be a participant in your own deliverance. God is there to take your natural and put some super on your natural for the supernatural work. Uh, the Bible is full of miracles over and over again, but every time you see those miracles, you see instructions. God told Moses to pick up a staff. 
uh, the widow that was with Elijah that needed oil, she had to go in the back and get some jars and close the door. Instructions. Uh, when Jesus even turned water into wine, he told the people to bring him the barrels of water. Instructions. Are you willing to participate in your own deliverance? Listen, I ask my children all the time to do things that I know are too complicated for them to do. I know it. But what I want to see is are they going to be willing to put in the effort? Because if they put in the effort, if they start it, I'm going to help them finish it. And not only that, I'm, trying, I'm probably going to do more work than they did. But I asked them to take that first step so that I can take the rest of the steps to make sure that they understand that their father is not a vending machine. Their father is not, is not uh, uh, although it's closing down and, and liquidating, their father is not lubies. You don't just walk up and say, give me this, give me that, and give me that. Are you willing to do some work and participate in your own, de uh, own deliverance? Thank you. Are you willing to participate in your own deliverance? Put in some effort. If you can put in some effort, God will help you instead of putting yourself in the mindset of taking the help for granted. The hard work is already done. You just got to be willing to participate. You got to be willing to talk to the right people. You got to be willing to take your problems to God. You got to be willing to make that effort if you plan to conquer it. And if you do those things, everything will be conquered because the hard work is already done. God already fought the battle. You just need to be willing to show up. God already fought the battle. He wanted to see if Joshua and the army were going to be willing to go up there. And because they were willing to go up there, he was able to conquer it. The hard work was already done. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, the doors of the church are open and we invite you to come. Thank you so much for watching this video. Please be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and share. Don't forget to connect with me on social media, Pastor Johnny Simpson Jr. on Facebook, at Pastor J. Simpson Jr. on Instagram and Twitter. Thanks again for watching and God bless.